There is a thing in the study of Scripture that is called typology. So for you kids here, when you hear the word ology at the end of a word, that means it's some kind of a study, some sort of a scientific taking apart of something. Ology. Okay? Like if I made up a word that meant the study of math, we could call it maybe mathology. Okay? Just a very simple little thing to keep in mind. There is such a thing as, for example, mythology. You've all heard that word. That's the study of myths and fables, and stories. And the study of a type is called typology. Well, great. That's a big help. What's a type? A type is something in literature or historically an event, something that actually happens, but it also is a foreshadowing or a prefigurement of something greater that's going to happen. Let's give an example. One of the most famous types or foreshadowings in the Bible is, of course, the story of the bronze serpent. God sent poisonous snakes to punish the people of Israel. But he also told Moses to put a statue of one of those snakes up on a wooden cross right in the middle of the Israelites' camp. And anyone who had been bitten by a poisonous snake could look at that bronze snake and that would save his life. He would not die. The bronze serpent in the desert is a type or a foreshadowing, a prefigurement of Christ hanging on the cross. But really, obviously, only a small version of it. See, it's man who sins. We cause our own spiritual death when we do, and this is represented by the snakes killing the Jews. But whoever just looks at the snake on the cross will be saved. Well, Jesus took the form of a man. And just as those who see the cross of Christ then, with the eyes of faith, will be saved. You see, or the bronze serpent foreshadows or prefigures a greater event. Okay? And we said that the type is usually a smaller and less significant thing. And certainly we see that here as well. The bronze serpent would save the Israelites from physical death, but the cross of Christ, we know, will save the whole world from spiritual death. So that's what a type is, a foreshadowing, a prefigurement. The bronze serpent foreshadows Christ on the cross. But why are types important? Well, they tell us about the thing that they're a type of. Circumcision prefigures and tells us about baptism. Without circumcision, a baby boy in the Old Testament could not be part of the chosen people of God. And that tells us the importance of baptism. Without baptism, we cannot be children of God and heirs to heaven. And the bronze serpent on the cross not only foreshadows Christ on the cross, but it teaches us about faith and about the spiritual effects of sin, which is death. So, too, those who sin will die spiritually. And we learn 
there too about God's mercy and forgiveness. He offers salvation to those who believe. He hung on the cross so that we might be saved. And now finally, the whole Old Testament is just full of types. Types of Christ, types of the Blessed Mother, types of church. And the end times also are prefigured in the Old Testament. The list goes on and on of the things that are foreshadowed or symbolized. But the Old Testament itself is a type of the whole New Testament. Let's look at one more example. In Deuteronomy 4.7, Moses says, Neither is there any other people so great that hath God so nigh to them as our God is present to all our petitions. It is the whole story of the Old Testament, God's relationship to the chosen people. A prefigurement, a foreshadowing of God's presence with his chosen people in the New Testament. Moses is talking about the great care that God takes of Israel, all that he has given them, his law to guide them in his ark so that he may dwell among them. But as a type, what Moses says in Deuteronomy tells us about Christianity. The whole foundation of Christianity is the fact that God is near to us, that God has become man so that man might one day become divine. The reunification, the healing of the friendship between God and man. So the whole of our faith is summed up in this one statement, this one type of which Moses speaks. Moses spoke, of course, of the Ark of the Covenant, which was not only God's dwelling place in Israel, but is also a type, obviously, of our own tabernacle here in the New Testament. God's dwelling place in our midst. Contained in the mystery of the Eucharist is the whole of our faith, then. While we were still sinners, God so loved us that he sent his only begotten Son, full of grace and truth, so that he who believes in him might have eternal life. And that same divine Son has given his life for the life of the world and promised us that whoever eats his flesh and drinks his blood will have life in him and that the Holy Trinity shall make its abode with him. Is there anything then that Almighty God desires more than to be with men? He has not gone to such lengths for any other thing in creation as to become one with it. Only man. My joy was to be with the children of men. Did God die to save the angels? Of course not. Did he die because he could not save himself from the Jews? That would be blasphemy. The Almighty God, the Almighty Word of God, leapt down from heaven, and he whom the whole world could not contain closed himself in the womb of the virgin because he loved his own who were in the world. Not even because he had to. He could have saved us in any other way. He did not have to do it, but he did. And he did it because he loves us. And love means wanting to be with the one you love. And because God is love, 
He desires not only to be with man, but to be one with man. Communion with man. Even sinful man. He loved us, not for his own sake, but for the love he bore mankind when we were undeserving. And he loves us unto the end. St. John Vianney used to sum it all up very simply by saying, he's really there. The Feast of Corpus Christi is the summing up of our whole Catholic faith. In this feast are contained all the principal mysteries of the one true religion. In this feast, we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity on our altars. He's really there. It does not matter how often someone says they love you. If they never want to be with you, is that really love? He never leaves. If we say we love somebody but don't do what's best for them. Is that love? But he who is what's best for us never leaves. Our whole faith is wrapped up in this one mystery of the Eucharist. Our faith tells us that the Eucharist is Jesus Christ, true God and true man, the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, Begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. He was in the beginning with the Father, and through him all things were made. For the salvation of mankind, he took flesh of the Virgin Mary. While remaining true God, he became true man, so that he might hang on a cross and die. And by his cross and resurrection, he has broken the bonds of sin into which all men since Adam have been born. And he opened the gates of heaven into which all men may now enter as members of Christ's one holy Catholic and apostolic church, apart from which there is no salvation. And so if you believe the truth about the blessed sacrament, or even if you are just here to hear this today, then God has loved you so much that he gave you the chance to have the faith. And if you have the faith to believe the truth about the blessed sacrament, then you also believe that there is a God who has created all things and who rewards the just in heaven and punishes the wicked in hell. You believe that God is one God but three persons. The Father is God and the Son is God and the Spirit is God, but that there are not three gods but one God. You believe that the second person of the Trinity became man by the power of the Holy Ghost in the womb of the Virgin and died on the cross to save us. You believe that he rose from the dead and is alive today at the right hand of his father as well as on our altars and that he will come again to judge the living and the dead. You believe that before he ascended into heaven, our Lord and Savior founded a church upon earth apart from which no one can be saved and that the church today is the same church unchanged and unchangeable, one holy Catholic and apostolic. You believe that God has given power to certain men to turn bread into another person. And that person is the second person of the Blessed Trinity, who is also a man, who also has done all this 
only so that he, the uncaused cause, the only necessary being, creating all things but himself uncreated, longs to come into your heart and to dwell in your soul, to be with you because he loves you so much that he would do it all again just for you, to be with you. He's really there. It is the summing up of our entire faith. Go to confession often and come to him often here. Neither is there any other people so great that hath God so nigh to them as our God is present to all our petitions. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.